Hi, everyone. My name is Stephen Kilger. I'm the managing editor of Feeding Grain and the host of the Feeding Grain podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today as we dive deep into the issues affecting the feed manufacturing, grain handling, and allied industries. Today, I'm talking with Jess McClure, Vice President of Safety and Regulatory Affairs at the National Grain and Feed Association, also known as the NGFA, and Joe Milnick, content creation expert and partner at Safety Made Simple and consultant at NGFA. Plus, he was a former podcast guest. A fairly wet harvest has been reported by some in the Midwest, so we're here to discuss in grain quality management and safety. It was an informative discussion about some tips on grain bin safety, keeping up quality with wet grain, and just in general tips about how to stay out of the grain bin altogether. Before we start, if you're listening to this in a podcasting app, please rate us and subscribe. If you're listening online, sign up for the Feeding Grain newsletter, Industry Watch, to see the latest podcasts and stay up to date with news from around the industry. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the show. Hi, Joe, Jess. Thank you so much for joining me today. Can you tell me and our listeners a little bit more about yourself and your history with the industry? Well, sure, Steve. Thanks very much for having us here on the podcast. I'll just uh, start off with a background. So I'm Justin Kluwer, Vice President of Safety and Regulatory Affairs. I've been with the National Grain and Feed Association for 16 years now. And my background prior to coming to NGFA is from a regulatory policy side, I had worked at the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, for about five years before coming over to NGFA to handle regulatory issues. And I'm Joe Mullick. I am an independent safety consultant and also work with the company and I'm a partner in a company called Safety Made Simple. I've been in the grain industry for probably about 25 for 25 years, started with the Anderson in 1999 and worked for them for 10 years. So that's really where I really got exposed to the grain industry from a safety standpoint. Started consulting in the industry in 2010, worked for grain handlers all across the country from small to large, mainly performing assessments, developing RIT programs, uh, delivering training, those types of things. In 2014, partnered with a gentleman out of Kansas City named Chuck Peary, and we started Safety Made Simple on the grain side. We have over 20,000 learners, and about 70% of them are grain handlers. So I primarily develop all of the grain-related training as well as general industry and construction for our online training. Glad to be here today. Recently partnered with NGFA as a consultant, and Jess has me working on some projects. We're updating some existing safety tip sheets, the NGFA safety manual, some guidance documents, looking to deliver some webinars in 2024, and also possibly help out with some of the regional safety seminars that Jess delivers. For longtime listeners, you already have heard the episode with Joe a few months back on Safety Made Simple and their online education program, which is a great episode. If you haven't listened to it, please go find it. For today, we were here talking because it was a kind of a wet fall, and there's been a lot of reports, especially in the Midwest, of high moisture levels in this year's corn harvest. So can you guys kind of give us an overview on the current situation that you guys are finding when it comes to high moisture level in the corn harvest this year? Sure. Just a little background on that. So obviously I was wanting to just get some feedback from some of our members, just what is the moisture this year compared to last. Wanted just to see if there's anything that really stood out, any real differences. And what I heard back was, is that, and this is, and I would say this is anecdotal, right? This isn't a true representative sample, but I think it really puts it into perspective. 
hearing that normal year you could have around 17 to 19% moisture during harvest. Well, this year, the range is over 20. And so when you hear that, uh, there's obviously a high degree of variability and that created challenge, uh, especially when it comes to dryers that we're going to be talking about a little bit later. When you start hearing that the moisture is over 20 to 25 in that range, that raises an antenna of concern. And I think it all gets back to what happened in 2009. And 2009 was a very wet harvest. And what that led to was the highest number of engulfment and entrapment incidents in 2010, which obviously gets back to the grind quality itself. So that's what we've been Heron, as I said, it's anecdotal. It's across, I would say, maybe a, one particular area. It's not a true representative sample. But when you start hearing those things, it obviously raises a level of concern. And we wanted to make sure that all of our members and even those outside of NGFA were aware of the resources out there, both from a grain quality and from a safety standpoint. Yeah, really good point, especially since, well, we all know that Higher moisture, more hazards in the bin, harder to dry, harder to maintain, not just for your members, but their customers, the farm customers, which is where a lot of the real danger ends up lying. But can you discuss some of the potential hazards associated with high moisture levels when they get in the bin, especially in relation to that big entrapment boom that happened in 2009? Right, Steve. I think that can somewhat be used as a predictor for the upcoming year. We generally see the likelihood of engulfment and dryer fires increase anytime we have a wet harvest. So in relation to entrapment in grain bins, when grain is high in moisture, there's a couple different things that can happen. Generally, we see clumps form that can block the reclaim systems within the grain bins. We have bridging grain and cliffing or a shear face or columns form within the bin. So this gets very dangerous for anybody because these situations generally tend to lead to people going into a bin. And when we look at cliffing in particular, this is always something that I've really stressed when I'm out talking to people is to be able to identify the angle of repose. So anything over 25 degrees is a situation where grain can slide or move. And if employees are in the way of that, that's when we're going to have entrapment and engulfment. So again, these types of situations generally are going to lead to employers or even farmers going inside of grain bins. And this is really where we get in trouble. Yeah, exactly. I I know you guys are in the game, so you know how hard it is to actually track any of this stuff. Well, most entrapments don't even go reported. You know, people get out and no one says anything. Engulfments are really hard to track down. It's all usually local reporting. But Purdue University every year puts out probably the industry standard report on how engulfments and entrapments are doing. And they're, according to their studies, about half of entrapments lead to an engulfment, which is almost always fatal. Can you kind of dive into the severity of the issue and why it's so important to the industry to stay on top of it and do that constant reminder of the danger out there? Sure. When you look at the data, right, so hey, going back to, say, 2007, right, you're looking 2007 to, say, 2022. 2010, as I mentioned, that was the highest number of incidents. So there were 31 fatalities and 26 non-fatalities. So basically, you're talking 31 engulfment fatalities and you're talking 26 entrapments. You go to 2022. So after all those, all the years in between, 2022 had the second highest number of incidents, 15 fatalities and 27 entrapments. 
So out of that total number, there was the, if I'm doing my math correctly, that was 42 compared to 57, but it was still the uh, second highest that happened. And that was without having the grain quality issues that we're describing that we're starting to see right now. So with that, as you had mentioned from a producer's standpoint, historically, 70% of these incidents are not at commercial facilities. And when you look at all the data comparison from this year, right, there was actually the 42, that was actually a number of incidents in 2022, that 42 incidents, that's a 44.8% increase from the 29 that occurred in 2021. So think about that. When you have a 44.8% increase in the number of incidents in one year, and then that doesn't include any type of these rain quality related issues from a moisture standpoint, as I mentioned earlier, that, that's a real concern on what could be coming down the pipe. And we just want to make sure that everyone is in particular aware of what can be done to specifically maintain the quality of the grain to hopefully prevent these types of incidents from occurring. Yeah, definitely. Because ideally, no one ever gets in the bin. That's the goal. Dangerous in there. It's not fun. No one should be going in there. So. That's the ultimate goal. And what steps can kind of be taken to avoid going in? What should they be doing to improve their grain quality enough that no one ever has to even enter a bin? Yeah. First off, Steve, I like the way you frame the question because normally I think Jess and I would probably get asked the question of what, how do we make sure that our people are safe when they do go into the bin and we forget about taking the time to really identify ways to eliminate going into the bin altogether. Nobody goes in, nobody gets hurt, nobody gets killed. So we want to try to eliminate the need for entry. So knowing that grain quality has a direct relationship with engulfment, that's really, a lot of times when we look at these incidents, that's going to be the root cause. So we can address moisture content through grain drying and effective aeration practices as well. And there's a number of different best practices. And a lot of what I'm going to talk about here real quickly comes right from a safety tip sheet from NGFA. So very important. We're well into harvest or some have already finished up in my area here in Ohio. But prior to these periods where we're going to fill bins that we make sure that we remove any residual grain and make sure that all insect infestations addressed at that time. So those are a couple things right off the bat. People can also use screeners to clean corn and soybeans. This will reduce corn material and broken kernels. Coring bins or repetitive coring is also an important strategy that people can use. So when we think about filling a grain bin, we generally you know, fill from the center, and we're going to have a core from the top of the grain surface all the way to the reclaim stump. And that core, a lot of times, is made up of broken kernels, foreign material, and fines, and it gets packed in there. So that can form columns and things of that nature, but it also can be an obstruction when we're trying to move airflow through there with fans and things of that nature. So pouring is an important thing. I think there's a lot of information out there. I know Iowa State has some kind of how-tos on coring bins and those types of things. CO2 monitoring is also effective. Whenever we have corn or any commodity that's high in moisture, CO2 is really the gas that's formed that tells us, hey, something's going on in here. CO2, consequently, as well, in, in grain storage bins, when it builds up, it can displace oxygen. So if people have to go in, it's one of the reasons why using aeration and testing the air for oxygen prior to going in is very important. Controlling grain storage temperature through aeration, as I mentioned, 
It's also important to monitor moisture and, and temperature are the two things that are real important here. So monitoring through the use of temperature cables. And some of the newer temperature cables I've been reading about have humidity or moisture sensors on them as well, which can be helpful. But these generally are tied into a PLC, so you can monitor all your grain temperatures from the convenience of an office, those types of things. Sampling grain, and if we don't have some of the technology available, the good old sense of smell is still an effective way to identify poor grain. It has a distinct odor to it. If you've ever smelled it, you won't forget it. So those are some of the best practices that we can use to really try to reduce the likelihood or maybe eliminate the likelihood that somebody has to go into a bin. Yeah, and people forget about that respiratory danger, don't they, when they're going into a bin. Hi, everyone. Steven here. Just popping up real quick to tell you that just Joe and I continue to talk about dryer safety and maintenance along with NGFA's safety efforts in a second podcast. Look for a link in the description to take you right there, or it can be found at feedinggrain.com slash expert dash insights slash podcasts. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.